you ever want to ride a mountain bike? You ever have too much change in your pocket? <laughs> Do you ever feel the urge to put your hands in wet cement? Has your foot ever fallen asleep? Lois and Clark is our jam. We're talking about Terry G and Superface. We'll cover it all, at least we'll do what we can. And now it's time for the show. If anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, look up. I think the supercut is like Jonathan Frakes asks you questions. Have you seen this? It's like two minutes long and it's just all the intros from that damn uh, Beyond Belief show he did. But welcome back to Lois and Clark, the new podcast of Superman. I'm Matt Truex. And uh, unfortunately, Ryan had to, we we were all set to record today and um, Ryan had to deal with uh, a personal matter very quickly. However, we do have a guest in the hot seat. Welcome back, Mr. Zach Moore. Fact. (laughs) <laughs> what's up matt i'm happy to be back in metropolis oh my god it's nice to have you over into my metropolis for a second that's right like, hey th- there's no other metropolises around and all these other shows they, they shy away from it but it's you guys a fair point Lose and clark you're like you know what in the comic books los and clark live and work in metropolis let's do that what a concept for a show but here we are how about it like we, we are we are the pure interpretation who knew <laughs> yeah so i mean like been a while since we've had you over in my house here but you've been keeping me talking the past two years or so with the always hold on to Smallville and et cetera empire. Yes. Um, yes. Can, can, like, I mean, for our listeners, you, you started with always hold on to Smallville forever ago. And mm-hmm. like, how many shows do you do a week now? Who? Because well, I listen to most of them and I'm not even sure. Well, for, for me personally, I do always on to Smallville. Right? Okay. And then on my Patreon, as when yes. I started a Patreon, I was like, well, I have to provide extra content. What can we talk about? And then so we talked about a lot of variety of things, and, and you were you were a big part of that when we first started, uh, like top ten lists and things right. like that for Smallville. And then I was like, well, let's let's have something consistent here. And then Birds of Prey came out in 2020, and I'm like, let's do Always Hold On to Birds of Prey, the spiritual cousin to Smallville, and who better to do it with than you? You gave me the biggest podcast gift of my life. Yeah, we, we did that. <laughs> One episode a month for a year is just a joy. And somehow and for the paltry sum of $8 a month, you too yes. can listen to all of our podcasts <laughs> at patreon.com slash always mobile with one S. Um, and then somehow we, we um, spun that off into always hold on to the flash where we're covering the 1990s. Yes. A, another DC comics one season wonder. Yes. yes I, uh, one of I won't say it's my birds of prey to you. Like, you know, birds of prey is like your kind of niche cult yes. classic show uh, to a point with me in the flash like not to the uh, uh like obsessive encyclopedic knowledge you have and that's an compliment right. not an insult like, like, <laughs> i usually take obsessive as a compliment so it's, yes, it's right. totally fine so we're going through that uh because it's been my uh my bread and butter now is is old superhero yes. <laughs> dc comic tv shows and then uh lauren win our mutual friend who's been on lois and clark and, and mm-hmm. will be again uh well, we've launched always slow into wonder woman as well, where we're slowly going through the Linda Carter 1970s TV show, and that's on my Patreon as well. So those have all flooded my my Patreon. They always want to Smallville fill in the blank. Yes. Um, our friends Lance and Kev from Always on the Smallville do Always on the Arrow. Yep. Uh, they host that, just the two of them, going through the Arrowverse there. And uh, and then finally, uh, for, for me personally, uh, I am launching, I uh, have launched now, Always on to Superman and Lois, which is exciting because <laughs> it's, it's 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 this show, but now and <laughs> yes, a 
<laughs> it is like having seen it now, it is the perfect mix between this and Smallville. Yes. Which is great. Um, but B, I, I love the dynamic that's going on on that show. And it's not dissimilar to the way that I trap Ryan here and make him watch my stuff. Um, who's your co-host on that, Zach? So my co-host is my girlfriend, Sarah, uh, who you have met. Yes. You know, when the show came out, Superman and Lois like, was coming up. I was like, well, this is a unique opportunity. <laughs> yeah, like to, one of us could be relevant for a second, you know? <laughs> yeah, so we talk about these shows decades How exciting. Old, right? <laughs> and it's not a deep dive because Sarah, I mean, she, 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 she is into like certain fantasy horror sci-fi stuff on occasion right but like you know tv shows and books like she surprises me like oh yeah so i watched all of sabrina the teenage witch i'm like what <laughs> you know? right, so okay like, i love lost in space i'm like oh really you know so anyway these kind of netflix shows she watches and things so uh but she's always done this like oh the superhero thing huh yeah it, it, it's funny how <laughs> it, it's like I, I like i went to a i went to a, a rod serling fest Twilight Zone 60th anniversary celebration a couple years ago. Is that and what they call like, it? Rod Serling Fest? Yeah, Rod, uh, Rod Serling awesome. Fest is in his hometown of Binghamton, New York. And she was cool. like so supportive of that. And I, I was like, why why is the Twilight Zone like cool, but like the superhero stuff you look down? <laughs> when I mentioned going to Metropolis, you groan. Why? Why yeah. do you roll your eyes when I wear a yeah. Superman shirt on every suit? I don't understand. But anyway, it was a unique opportunity because, you know, I'm Superman, she's my Lois, and we're doing this show together. And it's it's a totally different flavor than anything else we do. Uh, it, it, similar to the flavor you and Ryan have. Yes. Because, you know, she, she humors me with watching these things and discussing them. But she's got hot takes, and that's why I love her. So Yeah, there's a fun part to that, too, where it's like, Again, you and I know these shows that we talk about generally very well. We we both know The Flash, but that's maybe the one we're both the iffiest on. Just like you said, it's not that encyclopedic knowledge. But we could go toe-to-toe in Smallville trivia and Lois and Clark trivia or whatever. But it's fun that you guys are going into a show where you have no idea where the plot's going. You can guess based on stuff you know from the comics, but it's mm-hmm. still kind of its own road and you're going down it together. You just happen to have like studied for the final. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. So yeah, it's it's the, the burden of all this pre-existing <laughs> knowledge is not on the audience. And that, and I'm really thankful for that entry point. And that's why another reason I was like, this is a great way to kind of kind of get her into this you know because she's yeah. watched a handful of small episodes with me where i'm like hey i gotta watch it for the podcast babe right <laughs> she's like, no, that's right. how i get my girlfriend to watch the lois and clark is just like oh I, I, we, we're doing it tomorrow so you know yeah so there we go so yeah i, I podcast cool. way too much for my own good but it's it's a lot of fun and i made a lot of friends like you through podcasting so that's what it's yeah. all about through stupid dms and stuff like that so it's well it's it's funny i think last time i, I was here uh, we were like just kind of, kind of we were like professional friends. Yeah, we certainly hadn't met. We'd only done I'd only done like two or three Smallville's with you, and now we've mm-hmm. got a series or so under our belt, <laughs> yeah. and and it's great. But I, I'm I'm so happy to have you on. It's one of those things today where I was like, oh, I'm podcasting with Zach. That'll be easier. Oh goddamn, I have to be in control. Okay, you're the host. Ah, that's, hell. that's the other reason I loved always on the Birds of Prey. Like I could just show up. Yeah. <laughs> And you got in my hands in the streets. And, and, and Matt so. knows every scene because he's watched it too much. Uh, but that's that's what we're doing here, too. Now, can we just recap, too, because it's been you were on last season, which was been years ago. Um, <laughs> what like where are you in your Lois and Clark um, understanding? I, you watched it all when you were younger. I know you've been rewatching yeah. some stuff now, like like on the, on the scale. Like where does Lois and Clark rank for you in the the superhero shows? 
Well, I have a I have vague memories of watching some of it when I was younger. I always okay. question like why why wasn't I watching this every week? I guess I was watching me and my family was watching Star Trek every week, so that kind of took up. Sure. We'll, we'll get to Star Trek in this episode, by the way. <laughs> oh <laughs> God, yes. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I I mean, I remember watching some of it on ABC back in the day. Like I have vague memories of perhaps this one. I got this one confused with another one. Actually, the longer I watched, it, I'm like, oh, that's the other one. Oh no, you Superman asked for this one. To, oh no, <laughs> no, this is no, this is the one. I this is the I mean, okay. Jonathan Frakes, right? That's why yeah, I'm here. Sure. But uh, uh, yeah, and um, I, I just never really become like a like a oh Lois and Clark song kind of guy but you know it's on TNT sometimes and that kind of thing over the years and yeah. and finally the the year of Superman 2006 right they all came out on DVD and and uh, season 1 was highly recommended to me by uh by fellow Superman fans whose opinions I respect and I bought it and I loved it and then I was told okay it kind of goes off a cliff after that <laughs> stay away <laughs> so I was like oh okay and that was because I feel like season 1 came, came to like a nice conclusion you know like Superman sure. year 1 and you can you know and, um, you know, your podcast started up and I was like, oh, I, I watched these. I have the, you know, we, we came across each other and, and yeah. became friends and stuff. And, and so, uh, uh, I rewatched, you know, season one then, and then, uh, you guys came to season two and then I bought season two on, <laughs> on TVT <laughs> to be a guest on your podcast and to follow along. And, uh, and I got to say though, I, I really did enjoy season two. It's a different flavor than season one. Very much. Um, yeah. but it's, it's, it, it, I can't definitively say it's better or worse it, it does there is a distinct lack of john shea because to me he is the all-star of the entire project lois and clark <laughs> couldn't agree more um so i wish he was in it more but you know i'm glad he was on good terms with the show continued to come back um and uh you you guys you guys when your lex luther left you got him back a lot sooner than we did over on smallville no kidding <laughs> <laughs> for more than a no, day I, too i'm sure he stayed the week you know yeah <laughs> So I, uh, I I I like Lois and Clark. Lois and Clark is a very important part of the the Superman just mythos, right? I mean, it was on ABC, yeah. y'all. Remember when we had like That's lasted the crazy four thing seasons? To me still. Yeah, Supergirl c- couldn't even last one season on CBS. <laughs> we had a Superman show running around, flying around on flight in a costume, right? As a small yep. fan, this blows my mind, right? Yep. But the mainstream, mainstream as it could be, right? And uh, and good on good on the show, and it gets overlooked, uh, unfortunately, and and uh, I, I think it. You know, Superboy is the true forgotten <laughs> Superman yes. show for, for good reason. But Lois and Clark is right there. But I feel like, and we've talked about this, you know, off microphone, like we need to get this show on HBO Max. I think it's a matter of time. I think slowly they'll I be moving so. the library over. I want the Flash 90 on I want HBO the Flash Max 90. That, that's the only, that and this are the only ones that I feel like aren't aren't there anymore because we've got yeah. all the DCEU stuff coming now too. They, they just I announced the Superman animated series. I don't know if it's because it's standard def. Right, because Linda Carter Wonder Woman is over there, but that's the seventies oh, made but on they, film, right? Yeah. So it's HD by default, right? Right. Um, so there may be I don't know, I don't think we'll ever see an up conversion of these, unfortunately. But no, just put one no. the way they are and give it give us access to these. And I, I I think eventually they will have that whole library move over. It's just a matter of time. So maybe by the time this comes out, Matt, we'll be we'll be able to watch it. Here's Lost hoping. Like I honestly that. thought it would come out with the the advent of Superman and Lois, but check your local listings, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, let's jump in here to uh, episode 306, Don't Tug on Superman's Cape, uh, which aired November 5th, 1995, written by Dan Simkins, who wrote three other Lois and Clarks. He wrote a bunch of Charmed. He wrote, did you ever see the Blade series? No. That was on I'm like Spike or something? Yeah, I same here. Saw the show. Well, well he was working hard on that, and Warehouse 13, he's currently on Woo Assassins. And then directed by uh, Stephen Dubin, who did, this was a weird one, did two episodes of the Ferris Bueller TV show, 
with there was Jennifer a Ferris Aniston. Bueller TV show. I think Jennifer Aniston's first or second role. What? She was. I don't know if she was. You know, quote unquote, Sloan, Mia Sarah, Harley Quinn. Was it was um, that after Leprechaun? Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm, I, I think Aniston. it was after it. <laughs> But it only lasted, wow. you know, six episodes or something like that. But then this guy also, like, went into VFX, recently did work on New Mutants. He did work on Twilight, Sil- uh, Rise of the Silver Surfer, Fantastic Four, and Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Like, this guy's got some huge VFX titles on his credits. Wow. Yeah. Good for him. Impre- yeah, I was impressed with that as well. Um, but they've given us a very strange episode, and it's one that I... I honestly, it's it's a favorite for me. Like this kind of mm. run of episodes here are the ones that I go back to the most because she knows and it's changing in every episode and they're kind of dating. They're kind of not like they're just in that kind of figuring it out mode. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted that whole, I wanted Superman and Lois to be this, right? Like just that, like she knows they're at the Daily Planet. They're figuring it out, you know? Right. Instead um, of let's move back to Smallville with our right. kids. It's fine. It's <laughs> right. fine. It's the, the thing <laughs> real quick. It's not Go. the show either of us wanted, but we do enjoy it. So yeah, we'll see. We'll Qu- see what it happens. Quickly won us over. Yes, we'll see how quickly those. Uh, I'm going to continue to throw shade fall. at it for not being Smallville and not being Lois and Clark, but we still enjoy it. So. But but great. Yeah, exactly. Um, it certainly doesn't open with an "I Love Lucy" spoof. Got some spanning to do. Oh my god. What a, is this, Matt? I, I, what I have I signed up for? I came here to watch <laughs> Commander Riker. You asked and I'm watching for this I Love Lucy. <laughs> I'm watching I Love Lucy and James Bond <laughs> dragnet skits. Oh my god. It's such a weird that that they do these kind of like fantasies throughout this episode. Um it did make me think so many people that I know, including Ryan, thought like, oh, Lois and Clark, that's the Superman sitcom, right? I'm like, no, it's not a sitcom. It's sitcom. a you know, it's a multi-cam drama. Or, you know, a single cam drama. But, like, here it does kind of, it does the sitcom thing. And the sets mm-hmm. look sitcom-y. And they present it right. And I'm like, oh, I can, I could kind of see it. You know? <laughs> like, if well, you've it's, seen it's, stills, I get it. The first dream that Clark is having yes. is riffing off I Love Lucy. And, you know, there is a precedent for an I Love Lucy Superman crossover. So I will I will allow Amazing. at least this one, right? We so. got to cover that a day. Um, where where George Reeves himself showed up on Lucy as I forget if they say the name George Reeves in the episode, but like he goes to little Ricky Ricardo gets him to go to little Ricky's birthday party. And when he shows up there, like they address him as Superman. He goes out and mm-hmm. saves Lucy, who's out on the ledge trying to, you know, in like a fake Superman suit. It's right. it's so it's such a weird move, especially considering like, you know, the show was popular with kids, but it was popular with kids you know like adults really weren't watching that old superman show and the fact that he got prime time i love lucy air is amazing to me the most ambitious crossover of all time no doubt. truly truly that was the <laughs> crisis um but here i mean like they're just kind of playing out their their hang-ups and their emotions in these dreams and just like daydreams throughout this episode um but yeah, Clark, i was fine with it being a dream and then it became yeah. daydreams I and was, then okay, it became you, like you i'm one. driving and i'm thinking about this <laughs> Um, but here, like Clark in full, in full Ricky Ricardo, like, I feel like this is Dean's best performance throughout the whole episode with, with his yeah. Ricky Ricardo voice. He's in the, you know, like, uh, bongos, uh, Cuban Pete, almost like costume <laughs> comes in the bongos. And by the way, he comes in and the Kents are tied up there doing an excellent Fred and Ethel cosplay. Like they look great. Oh yeah. 
I was like, is that is that really them? I, was like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but this also like this starts too with Lois's introduction here. My want for all the props in this episode. I don't know why, but like all this fantasy stuff, let them do some weird stuff. But she comes out in like a homemade like picnic apron with the SW superwoman or superwife, I guess. Yeah, one of the yeah, one of those costume two, on. Right. And they let the bomb explode because they're bickering back Arguing. and forth yeah. of of you know, Lucy it's classic eye of Lucy. She wants to be part of the act. Mm-hmm. And for some reason that's Clark's worst nightmare. <laughs> and and yeah, you're right. This uh, Dean Kane got to try some accents in this episode. Yes. Uh, he has Ricky Ricardo here, and he has James Bond later. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I Lincoln, you miss it, English he accent. kind of drifted yeah. in and out. <laughs> but mm-hmm. anyway. <laughs> it was a lot of, like, like gritted teeth acting. Like, if you don't want to be shaken and stirred, I yeah. suggest you buckle up. Or, you know, like, things are about to get cerebral. But mm-hmm. here he does the splaining and the ay ay ay's and right. it's fun. All the all all the catchphrases from all your favorite Nick and Night TV yes, shows. Yes, exactly. So. <laughs> Wakes up with a with an Ola when he picks up the phone from Lois. <laughs> Cute, great, fine. Um, but then we get some fake history where Bad Brain Johnson's out of jail. Okay, thank you because I was like, is it was this an episode I forgot? Was nope. this a person? It's a bummer too because I like. We'll get to Jonathan Frakes and Jeannie Francis in a second. But yes. I like the actor that plays Bad Brain Johnson in this episode. And it's it sucks because he's, spoilers, killed in his first scene. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't really get to do that much, you know? But, like, clearly he was bringing some, some weird, you know, that Lois and Clark brand of menace and campiness that I, I, I think fit very well. I would watch the season two Bad Brain episode if it existed. Yeah, like, do you... Because, you know, rewatching the show, I realized that, and you guys mentioned this in the podcast, right? It was like they actually started to lean into continuity at the end of season two, like bringing back people. Yeah, and accidental continuity. Yeah. So I was like, oh, is this, is this maybe a, a person they could have brought? I mean, this is not the way they're thinking in 1990, whatever this is. But Unfortunately. Like, Let's look at the last two seasons and pick a villain that might fit and bring up. No, they, they were just like, no, no, here's a guy. You know, look, they they have a life off camera, Matt. So clearly Apparently. this happened sometime off camera. <laughs> right. <So. laughs> but like you couldn't get the prankster. Whatever. It's fine. Actually, anyway, the prankster would have been perfect. Prankster would have <laughs> been perfect. <laughs> uh, but Lois calls and, you know, they, they, it's not good because he has bad brain, has a vendetta against not only Superman, but Lois Lane and Clark Kent as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Clark. As we did not to, see in the first two seasons of Lois and yes, Clark. Yes, exactly. So Clark's going to whoosh off and... Uh, uh, after the the uh, opening titles here, we cut to the Lakes House, where we meet uh, Tim and Amber Lake, played by real-life married couple Jonathan Frakes and Jeannie Francis. Um, Zach, have you seen Jonathan Frakes in anything before? I can't really... I think... Uh, let's see. I think he was in a commercial once for MCI or something. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, no, of course, Jonathan Frakes played Commander Riker on Star Trek, the next generation. And in all four of the movies, he became actually a prolific director. He directed yeah. a lot of episodes of TNG, a D space nine Voyager. Uh, and then he directed two of the next generation movies as well. And he, he's still directing oh, today. I didn't realize he so, did two of the movies, which like, he did the first last contact two? and insurrection. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So I, I think if the time's right, this is in between those two movies. Like what year, what year did this episode come out? You said 95, 95, 95. Okay. N- November, 95. 
So this is this is pre so shot in dies. September. That's interesting. I'll I know. Later, we'll but. get to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So this is actually right. This is right before he goes and directs First Contact, which, in my opinion, is the best next generation movie. It's the one with the Borg. Okay. Uh, so anyway, uh, I, I love Jonathan Frakes. I, I think uh, he has uh, a sparkle in his eye, and he enjoys what he's doing, <laughs> and um, he's. He he's much like William Shatner, like he's always kind of playing Jonathan Frakes to different degrees. But uh, you know, he he actually he came back for Star Trek: Picard, which was the the, the current revival. Of I Star saw Trek. stills of him as that. Yes, and he was. You know what? He was my favorite part of it because you know I I was to be honest, I was a little disappointed in Picard what they did with some things. But I'm like, he showed up. I'm like, that's Riker, right? And he was okay. just. I loved him, and uh, and you got to give him credit. And him and his wife Jeannie Francis in the in the in the Hollywood world that we live in, right? To have a couple stay married for decades and work together and stuff like good for them. Exactly. Like, good for them, and they appear in things together. I think they met doing soap operas or something back in the day, and they they've stayed married for decades. Oh, so. that would make sense because like she's best known for General Hospital. She was Laura of Luke and Laura, which was like oh. the big was the moonlighting Loves and Clark couple on that show, you know. Um, that's so mm-hmm. interesting. Like I, um, I've covered this episode before when I had my mother on to discuss Lois and Clark and <laughs> found out that she actually really hates Lois and Clark, despite the fact that she introduced me to it. Um, but like when we did that episode, they had just happened to have sold their like $7 million mansion to buy something else out here. And it's just like, look at them, you know, like good, good for them. <laughs> that don't tug on Superman's cape money really just keeps him, keeps coming in, I guess. Don't tug on Superman's cape. That is a lyric from a Jim Croce song. Yes. From was, don't that, mess was that a saying before that? Or is this episode just referencing that <sighs> song? I, I don't know. Because I only ever... You say that word to me and I hear I hear the melody, you know? <laughs> right, that phrase, right. excuse me. I Yeah, I have no idea. It's such a weird, weird move. But also, like, you know, I get... you. Smallville only had one word titles but i get you why guys they get do. to be a lot more creative they do something here. like this uh, yeah just uh, say noah happened last week you know <laughs> but yes, chip I, off I the old your... clark is coming up <laughs> the puns are out of control so oh man but yes i i'm here for jonathan frakes and uh and this is i remember i think i remember seeing this when i was a kid this is my my, my birds of prey memory is right on par the mm-hmm. Clark memory matt so <laughs> um i I'm going to say this right off the bat. I said I liked Bad Brain Johnson's performance. I love them in this. I think they're having the time of their lives. They're having a great week together being these like arch big villains. You just said that Jonathan Frakes plays the same character, you know, a version of Jonathan Frakes every time. Is that true here? Like, is do you see him in this or is he just like big well, bombastic villain guy? You know, I mean, based off his wardrobe and the sets <laughs> we see him in. He is totally the host of Beyond Belief. Yes, very. Fiction. Do you ever have an earache? Do you ever have deja vu? Would you ever decorate with this? Would you ride a bicycle to work every day? That's the... uh, but anyway. Uh, ever have a paper route? They are straight up Batman 66 villains in this. And yeah. I guess, I guess that's where the show is, Matt. We've been drifting there for a couple of years. Are we, you know it's, what I'm saying? I was thinking about that. It's funny you say that because I was thinking about this today. And I'm like, we we see the fan art online of... Uh, maybe it's uh, Linda Carter, Wonder Woman with Christopher Reeve, Superman and Michael Keaton, Batman or something like that. And I've seen stuff of uh, George Reeves, Superman with Adam West. And it's like, frankly, Adam West is despite the Batmobile in the scene here is Hmm. 
a little closer to this world than he is to George Reeves world, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's such a, it's one of the reasons I do this podcast. Cause I'm like, I have no idea how this show happened, who they were <laughs> writing it for. Um, despite <laughs> these questions, I enjoy it very much and I still watch it even when there's not a podcast to do for pleasure. But I'm like, I have no, no clue, but yeah. And the, the, the Batman 66 of it is undeniable. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're just missing the, the Dutch angles. Yeah, exactly. But so I, also, I called it out in the last episode, in the Noah episode, the bad guy is shot like low Dutch angles. And I'm like, we're just we're just doing this now, you know? <laughs> and we're talking I, about sex every once in a while. Like, that's where we are. I love, what, I love what you said about, like, who was this for? Because, like, Smallville, right? It's like, well, uh, this is you get the it. teen audience, superheroes. Right. Like, I, I understand the focus group who put this show together, and it turned out great. And I can, you know, um, even today, the Arrowverse shows, you can kind of figure it out, right? Sure. But this is, like, you're so right. <laughs> because it's like, is this a, <laughs> a romance, work, comedy, women in the workplace, strong, independent, right? there's all that going on and there's yep. this zany superhero stuff. And it's just like, they don't really mesh together, but somehow it makes it work. And it's, it's yeah. And they're they not found trying a way to make like, it enjoyable. Yes. And they're not trying overly hard on either side. Like right now they're giving the, the Lois and Clark relationship. It's time, but also mm-hmm. that's very rushed along. They're not dating. They're, they're rushing them right to marriage. So it's just like, I was shocked, Matt, huh. when I, when I started rewatching season two, I remember like, okay, yeah, they proposed it in the season, right? Right. And so I'm like, all right, well, there's the Lex Luthor episode. They go on the first date. There's like, I don't know, 10, 12 episodes left. They must be dating. Yeah. Yeah. This, they're dating. For, no, he, there's a, there's Clark has a love interest. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know, Lois has a love interest. It's mm-hmm. like, it comes down to like, they're, they're almost to the point of not dating anymore before he asked her to marry her. Right. Asked her to marry they're him. about to never um, talk again, but then. <laughs> Desperate times call for exactly. Then the cans are kidnapped and blah blah blah. So anyway, um, we're 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 all over the place here. But but yes, John Franks and Jeannie Francis are in this episode, and they are the villains. They are the villains. They are the lakes. They are the richest, most in love couple you've ever seen. And they've broken Bad Brain Johnson out of jail. They've gotten him dressed up like an old granny. Um, and uh, you know he he's very confrontational at first. He's thankful that they got him out, but uh. He's like, you know, or should I just like kill you guys? Should I, you know, why am I here? Either tell me or I'm going to kill you guys and motor my butt down to Funky Town for some R&R, which, again, I wish Ryan were here. But just to hear Funky Town said in the show just was so gratifying. But like all of a sudden we're back to secret passageway life. They pull a book out of the shelf and they've got their big museum of oddities with, uh... A bunch of stuff. They've got a giant block of Jimmy Hoffa in concrete, which I loved the prop of that. They've they right. mention the arms of the Venus de Milo, which I love because but Lex Luthor. We Luther, don't see them. I was waiting for the cutaway of I arms, know. which <laughs> is weird because they have the prop because Lex Luthor had this back in season okay, one. Okay, thank you. Does yeah. Lex Luthor didn't he have a, a room exactly like this? He did, in fact, <laughs> with the um, Van Gogh's better self portrait, which is yeah. just the cut off ear on the chair. With the full figure of Venus, to, um, um, Mona Lisa, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the big get for this, and you only see the tiniest fraction of it, is they have the Batmobile there. Yes. Which, if you don't even know what they're shooting out of focus in the foreground, or the fact that they're referencing a car and they're batty for it, like it could go over your head. But people like Again, it, us notice it. 
I think that ties into your question of who was this for? Because it's like, right. let's put an Easter egg in there, but not really show it and then not really mention it, but just kind of reference it and laugh about it. It's like, wait, we, were they afraid of the implications of saying that's the Batmobile on that, the show? Like, I don't because, understand. But also in season four, like someone calls Superman uh, the Caped Crusader and he just like matter of factly corrects them. That's Batman and goes about his business. And it's like, what? Mm-hmm. So you're aware of like, you know, like where is this tie in comic? <laughs> um, but yeah, this honestly feels like obviously it's shot at WB. They have the Batmobile there that they used it, but they weren't allowed to like directly reference it or show it off. Or like mm-hmm. they were worried Tim Burton was going to get pissed that it was <laughs> in there is- or something. So this is right after Batman Forever came out. Then. Yes. Uh, so so that's also the old, the old Batmobile. Batmobile. So maybe it's yeah. that too. So so that explains it. That's why you know they stole the Batmobile. Right. Uh, and that's why we have a new Batmobile, Batman Forever. It all it's all connected. <laughs> that's why Val Kilmer had to build a new one. Yeah. And then George Clooney had to build another new one. <laughs> all sake. makes sense. Um, but they they show Bad Brain Johnson that they've gotten his gear together that they want to capture. Um, uh, Superman and make him a part of their uh, their museum here. Uh, and Bad Brain's all excited about it, except for the fact that they don't really need him to be a part of the plan, and they kill him with his own gear right away. Which, again, like I'm saying, like... Yeah, because they're like, Could does it work? And he's brain. like, well, we have to test it on someone. And like, okay, we will. <laughs> Gonna need a him. guinea pig. How about that? Yeah. So so as, as Batman 66 and Zany as these guys are, I'm like, oh... They're actually somewhat menacing because they just executed yeah, this guy that got out of prison. So that's they're a, not like it's a good balance. They're I not think. melting figures in a wax museum as their crime, you know. <laughs> uh, but then uh, cut to the Daily Planet and Perry. Perry's on like Defcom Five. Like he's very upset about the fact that Bad Brain, this villain we know so well, Bad Brain Johnson is out of jail. That, that's that he's why I, they were selling it so hard. I was like, I know. did I forget an episode? <laughs> nope. Because um, it reminds me of when the prankster came back. They're like, oh, the yes. prankster's back. And, oh, he's a oh, hell. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, well, surely they must be referencing something. But anyway, um, you know, but, but what's more alarming is are Perry's ties, apparently, Matt. Apparently. Uh, I kind of liked it. To be, I, I forgot it was going to be a line, and I noticed it. And I was like, yeah, cool. Clark wears ties like this all the time to me. It's I thought it was just 90s fashion. It's but just acting this 90s like it's power not. tie bullshit <laughs> that thankfully is going a little out of fashion. But it's just like, uh, yeah, it didn't. Considering the fact that like Terry Hatcher has giant like sand shells at the end of the episode on her ears, like this this tie was not a standout piece. But yeah, um, Jimmy gives him hell for the ties because apparently things are a little rocky at home with Alice, so he's trying to wear the old gifts to make her happy. Um, wear them to work where she will yeah. not see you to make her happy. Yeah, Got exactly. It. He's wearing <laughs> ties to work and he's trying to get Lois and Clark to wear uh, bulletproof vests. Yes, because someone someone comes and delivers these like in a banker's box. In, in an open box. <laughs> Carport box. Whatever. <laughs> um, but they don't have too much time to fret about these um, bulletproof vests because we get some super hearing and Clark has to go off um, to Star Labs where an alarm's going off. Uh, and I like this little... This felt very Lucy to me too. Lois runs after him and it's just like, I'm coming with you. And no, you're not. And like, Clark, why, why are we doing this? You know I'm going to come anyway. Then you know why I'm are you asking anyway. if you can come yeah. with it? Yeah. yeah. It, it's I'm good. trying it, to be nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's cute. Um, but that poor uh, guy walking down the hallway with all those papers, Matt. Oh, when they whoosh off? Yes. He's like, because usually that's just a little thing for whatever, but then they, they stay on this guy with a giant pile of papers. He's like, oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> 
as he's picking them up. Uh, and then we head to Star Labs. We've been to Star Labs before, but this mm-hmm. is the first time we've ever met Dr. Klein. I, I was excited to see Tina McGee at Star Labs. Oh, man. yeah. Oh, my you. God. Where is that crossover? That show would have worked. The Flash, the 90 Flash show, that I could have seen happen. They absolutely should have done. I know it was a different era of TV, but you know when Constantine got canceled on NBC and they brought him on Arrow for an episode? Right. Like, and that worked out very called, well for them. Yeah, they should have called, you know, John Wiss's ship and Amanda Pays and Alex Dezer and brought him over here. We're working a case in Metropolis, right? Would have been and at the end of the amazing. episode, they have a race and we don't know who wins. And that's yes. the freeze frame. Of course, that's Rocky what you do. Style. So. That's what you do. Before <sighs> that was unfortunately what they did. But yeah, this is the first no, time we see the doctor, you said. This is the first time we see Dr. Klein. Um, and, and, and he's uh, in a lot of episodes, or at least a handful, he's right? He's in a bunch. Like, from now on, anytime they go to... He's basically Superman's physician, you know? Right. Um, he's what Dr. Hamilton should be, yes. but there's another... Uh, Dr. Hamilton had ha- yes had happened already, I believe. But yeah, it's just the intro of Dr. Klein. And, and mm-hmm. I like here that, that Bad Brain has been there. Uh, he's hit it. He's hit the uh, lab, supposedly. And uh, he left a calling card in the kryptonite vault. And I love Lois's reaction here. Like, instantly, like, why, why is the crypt? Like, why don't I know about this? Why haven't we talked about this? Why aren't you, you know, and Clark kind of explained, Superman, excuse me, <laughs> kind of explains um, that Dr. Klein is working on developing a vaccine so that it would, you know, he can take it and it wouldn't be uh, as effective as deadly on him. Um, but I like their relationship stuff here it's so weird because like we talk and we're like what is the tone of the show and then they have things like this where yeah lois lane and clark kent would have to discuss the fact that there's kryptonite being worked on at this laboratory that gets robbed all the time and how does she feel about that and neither of them have really been in a relationship before so he doesn't know how to be truthful Superman's with her. Like, like am i supposed to tell you everything yeah it's like yes dude yes <laughs> <laughs> Poor Lana in high school. You know, like what? Right. <laughs> what did you put that girl through? No, there are. You know what? I mean, like there were parts of the episode where I was like, eh, I don't know about this one. But I, there, the Lois, and as you know, rightfully so, because that's the show's playing to the show's strengths. Right. The Lois and Clark and by proxy Superman stuff here when they're together, relationship stuff elevates this above average mediocre episode. I think because little moments like this are, are really good. And things that we don't get to see in other interpretations of the character because they don't get to this point, like, ever. Right. You know, Smallville ran for 10 years, but Lois didn't know a secret to the last season, and he still wasn't Superman to the last scene. So they never had these conversations about those sorts of things. So it's And she's calling him Clark when he's in the Superman costume, and he has to go, Superman, we're in public, you know? A lot of that here. Nice little moments. Yeah, I'm I'm so glad you agree with that. I, I think that's why, I think that's why you and I, and possibly Sarah, are excited for Superman and Lois because we've never seen them like this. We've never seen them as mm-hmm. married parents who are trying to deal with that. Um, we would have in season five of Lois and Clark, but <laughs> water under the bridge. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm glad you agree, frankly. Like, it, I, I very much enjoy that. Uh, mm-hmm. But we cut back. Oh, excuse me. Before we cut away, Superman randomly sees tire tracks in the ground and decides that they're fresh and connected to the scene and super freezes them to go for an analysis. But I was like, how many cop cars are here that could have made these tire tracks? But again, we're not uh, trying too hard on the super stuff. We're not trying to. It's too hard a crucial clue. So yes, it worked out. Um, and we cut back to the lakes being gross and like drinking champagne and feeding each other grapes. and They're just them, like, all over each other oh, all the time. 
my uh, my queen, yes, my centurion. Like, oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Um, but they're having fun near their new chunk of kryptonite that they have. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Th- do they leave a lot in the vault and just take that one piece? Or? Who knows how much there is? We haven't that- seen that much kryptonite in this show so far, so it's it's untold. Yeah, it's that's the thing about Lois and Clark. Like, I I enjoy the continuity of of tracing the kryptonite, right? Yeah. Because there's like in season two, there's this whole like, well, he had Metallo, then Lex Luthor got a piece, and then Inner Gang had it, and it's like, right. all right, it's a th- they have to treat it that way. Well, thank you, I know, thank you. Yeah, I, I just recently rewatched them all. I really appreciated <laughs> but, that. Yep. <laughs> but you know, a small Valenian talk, they're like, oh yeah, it's meteor rock. Yeah, it's everywhere. So right. like, they it's don't really have to. It's so lazy, you know, in Smallville, because you could just, any door, there could be kryptonite behind it. And you're like, well, there were two meteor showers full of it on, you know. But Lois and Clark, it's like, yeah, we don't know how much there is, and it's a big deal. And so, like, I appreciate them at least. They they try to tie it together with, some, like, as as we're talking, as you mentioned, like, they, they don't really try hard on a lot of things. But I feel like sometimes they try hard about the kryptonite. And yeah. and I like I like the idea that like there is Star Labs is researching kryptonite and like how could it how could Superman I do too. It? I mean we see that in the animated series a lot you know Professor mm-hmm. Hamilton right and the and the and the little till the, the turn bee, yeah the, the beekeeper suit that he yes. gives Superman <laughs> yeah his lead line suit I love that I'd <laughs> yeah. love to see that in live action today anyway um, yeah no I, I'm I'm right there with you this is the season though where unfortunately all that stuff falls apart like oh good who, who has his spaceship. <laughs> Intergang has a spaceship, and then he has a spaceship, and it's a different spaceship. You know I'm obsessed with the spaceship, but it's just mm. like... Oh, we have spaceships if, on Smallville, too. I, I, yes, yes, you do. You got artichokes, you got spaceships. Um, it, it just all falls apart in this season, um, oddly enough, though they... We'll get to it, y'all. First, though, we have to do a James Bond dream sequence, which, as you said, like, Terry Hatcher was a Bond girl. She's Paris Carver, married to um, Jonathan Price in Tomorrow Never Dies, Jonathan Price of every other movie ever, of uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, right. Governor Swan. The dad uh, from Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> yes. I love Governor Swan. Um, so, but th- this was like, they would have filmed Tomorrow Never Dies after this. Yes. So I wonder if they were like, did she put this on her <laughs> audition tape? Knowing Terry at the time, I don't think any reference to Lois and Clark was on her audition. Oh, so let's see. You've done an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. You've done a... Yeah. <laughs> oh, Seinfeld. We rem- Oh, they're real. Yeah, yeah, yeah great. Good for That's you. True. You know what? This is... Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if Riker and her... So she was in one scene, or a couple of scenes in a season two episode of Next Generation. Uh, it's called I The wonder. Outrageous Okona. It's a terrible episode. Okay. But she's running the transporter, and, and this kind of... Han Solo ripoff guy comes on the ship and kind of hits on her and she's in a couple of scenes like he like seduces her or whatever and um, I don't know if Riker is in any of those scenes but so I'm like oh did Jonathan Frakes and Terry Hatcher have any on screen time together before this I I never rewatched the episode because it's terrible Um, not because of Terry Hatcher because of lots of other stuff that happens Data learns comedy on the holodeck from Joe Piscopo and if you're like who's that I'm like he was he was a member of the like the, the early '80s SNL cast that no one thinks was oh, funny. Oh wow! Okay. Um, doing they do terrible Jerry Lewis impressions. It's it's rough. Uh, but Whoopi Goldberg's in the episode, so there's that working for it. Okay. But anyway, there's your Star Trek minute brought to you by me. So Damn, we move that's, on. That's impressive. A <laughs> lot, lot of lot of streams being crossed here, you know. Yes. Um, yes. But yeah, we we get also. This is another thing. I love the poster. They're coming out of the movie theater across from the Daily Planet. They're they're hustling. Excuse me. Clark is hustling Lois into a straight up That's 1965 
DB5 Aston Martin. Matt, was there was there a, a movie car show on the WB lot this week? The, and that's right? why they're using all these, right? I have no idea. And it, it's like, I, that blew my mind, like, as, as an adult looking back at that going like, oh, no, they got the car. That's like, that's the car. Impressive. Yeah. I'm sure it's some pain in the ass producer out here owns one and they just rented it from them a day. But um, but it's impressive to me. But as they're walking out of the movie theater and get to the car, there's a poster behind Clark for um, basically this like they call him man, Superman, double O S, <laughs> you know, Dean Kane in a oh, tux I doing the, the pose. I was, I was too focused on him wearing the glasses in the poster. So I'm going to be I making a lot of a lot of um, <laughs> like replica images for this episode just because I was inspired mm-hmm. by some stuff. But, like, if you look at the fine print, it's like Lois Lane's Imagination presents a Bad Brain Johnson production of. And it's just like, wow, they really had fun with this. Look at them. Um, Look at them with the little details there. Yes. But he's he's man, Superman, and she's Miss Goodbottom. And she's she's upset that she's she's being treated like a Bond girl, like almost like a Roger Moore Bond girl where he's not very interested and she's just screaming and. (laughs) She's got no real character, and he... There's some meta commentary on the Bond girls. Yes. Which, he which he is... pops her out of the injector seat, and they cut <laughs> back to them in the Jeep. And she's complaining about Bond girls just being hood ornaments. Mm-hmm. Which is especially ironic, considering two years later, yes. she is... She's not even the primary Bond girl. She's no. the one that dies early in the movie. Spoilers for a 20-year-old movie now. Tomorrow oh. never dies, so... Tomorrow's f- news today. Tomorrow's what a nineties movie, Matt. It's like I'm gonna control <laughs> Just say, print physical um, media. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cable news, it's all gonna be mine. <laughs> um, were, if they only if they only knew that like they were two years too soon on the internet, and that was yeah. someone would have so, torpedoed that plot. <laughs> while we're doing our James Bond minute, that mm-hmm. I, I was nine years old when that movie came out, when oh. my parents rented it. And showed it to me as my first ever James Bond movie. Oh wow! I felt it's it's by the way for a nine year old kid a pretty good first James Bond movie. Like it's got a lot of action, it's got a lot of fun stuff. It's got Q, it's got M, it's got Money Punny, you know, like all mm-hmm. the all the stuff. And then it had Terry Hatcher, who I was just like, oh, all all about when I was a nine year old kid. Like I had the right. biggest crush on her. So when I found out a year later that she was in the Superman series, like that's how it all started for ah. me. So it's just. All the streams, man. All, it's so all connected. All streams being crossed here, yep. right? No, I love to, Tomorrow Night Dies is the first one I saw in the theater, actually. First James oh, Bond cool. I, I've been playing the GoldenEye video game for sure. years, you know, in 64. But uh, she's good. Yeah. She's a good chat. She's in a, two or three scenes, and she's good in Tomorrow Never Dies. She's so. great. She's, she's, they used to have a thing, and there's yeah. like, a, you know, did I get too close for comfort? And she winds up dead. And like, she's good in it. Oh, what is it? That's our introduction is he shows up at the party to her. And then, <laughs> in, the, in the movie, yes. she slaps him. And he says, "Is it something I said? How about I'll be right back?" <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, James, do you still sleep with a gun under your pillow? That's the line that does her in. Anyway, everybody watch Tomorrow Never Dies. She's fun in it, and it's a fun, dumb '90s. Bond I love movie. Pierce Brosnan. It'll always be my James Bond. Yes. I don't care. Michelle Yeoh, awesome. Michelle Yeoh, great, great, great movie. Um, but yeah, whatever. They're going Meanwhile, to. Meanwhile, <laughs> They're going to uh, go this meet is her with Tim and Amber while they're driving, Matt. While yes. she's driving while, a while car. While she is driving. She's driving the Jeep. But they're off to meet Timber. T- Timber. Timber. <laughs> Tim and Amber Lake. The that, richest, the, happiest people in Metropolis. Yeah, I like it. Name, Timber. Timber. Hashtag Timber. Hashtag Timber. Um, they're interviewing them. They're, they're 
they came up with some cover story of like some sappy, like how do you make love last in a marriage or whatever type thing. But they really want to know about their Ginelli tires. Cause they're one of the few people in town that can afford them and that have bought them. Cause apparently the, the Ginelli people just gave over their <laughs> customer receipts to Lois and Clark. Um, but then we get this like disgusting, but funny as hell performance from, uh, Jonathan Frakes and, uh, Jeannie Francis. Just it's being, a choice. Choice, oh, choices were made. Choice. They're, they're just going for it. I like to think of them, too, at home going through lines for this episode, <laughs> you know? Um, but they're talking about the, they collect. Uh, I think earlier, too, there's the line, um, possession is our passion. And that's, that's their whole deal here, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then Clark, like, you know, not so subtly drops a... Uh, Oh, uh, I wanted to ask you off the record, like, do you, any any feeling on Janelli tires? Um, and you can see they get a like, Jonathan Frakes kind of deflects it and says, like, oh, I've only bought a pair for a friend in Istanbul. Istanbul, uh, right. Yeah, or Constantinople. Yeah. <laughs> but as Lois and Clark are walking away, they, the, la- the lakes smell a trap and yes they're 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 smart they might be ridiculous and over the top but they're not dumb yes didn't we use the van with the chinelli tires when bad brain johnson of course these people would have a a a getaway van with (laughs) they have an evil van with the greatest tires in the world yeah um so now they're gonna move up their plan they're gonna have to kill clark kent (laughs) Mm -hmm. but first clark kent's gonna have to have a weird dragnet fantasy daydream with perry and jimmy Again, Nick at Night. I, I'm pretty sure Dragnet was on Nick at Night back in these days. Uh, I, I'm obviously familiar with Bond. I'm very familiar with I Love Lucy. I have no real reference for Dragnet besides, like, two cops fast-talking at someone until they confess. <laughs> Same here. Like, I was... Yeah. I mean, I was watching, much like you, I Dream of Genie, Bewitched, yep. George Reeves, Superman, I Love Lucy, Dick Van Dyke Adams, show, Monsters, right? yep. <laughs> right. And I'm like, what is this boring cop show? Click. Uh, <laughs> come on. And yeah, I, I, you know what? Justin Whalen. Um, mm. I don't like recasting. I've, I've, I've come to accept him as Jimmy. He certainly looks more like Jimmy than Michael Landis did, who, who we all know was, was fired because he looked too much like Dean Cain. What, what a world yet- of casting. <laughs> you think he would have noticed that? Before you started filming, I think you noticed that Justin Whalen kind of looks like Dean Kane. T- There's a whole episode <laughs> about it in season four. Continue. Sorry. I uh, know, but uh, I gotta say, I think he does really. I think you know Lane Smith is like he's doing all right, but, but yeah. Justin Whalen, he nails this. Like, ah, yeah, 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 guilty. See, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> so that whole like copper talk from the forties. I think oh, he did so a great cute. job. He was the best part of this little sequence. I think. Yeah, the, the, they're interviewing him. They're like giving Clark hell for being a, uh, an absentee husband and father because he's off Supermaning. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, you know, tell me the truth, Kent, and don't give me the uh, saving the Hoover Dam excuse. We've heard it all before. And it's just like, yeah. this is bizarre. This is funny. Um, but yeah, if not for their two performances, like Dean is not really. He's like, look, I did, I did Ricky Ricardo. I did yeah. James Bond. I'm already he's playing doing Clark a, and Superman. I am done. I got nothing a high else school in the performance tank here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. When he fake cries, I was like, oh, oh it's rough. A second time we've seen Superman getting his mugshot taken on this show, though. Yeah, from uh, um, from it, when the the heat wave uh, yes. thing in season one. Okay. If we were a better podcast and doing counters, then that would be a that would be a tick <laughs> for that. But no. Um, but would it count a, because it's only his imagination, Matt? <laughs> I defer to the guest. Uh, anyway, <laughs> guys, check out Always Hold On to Smallville. It's a fun time. 
Yes. Um, Thank you. But cut back to Clark was just zoning out in the Daily Planet. Jimmy comes in uh, and he's got some research uh, on the lakes. And it just seems like they're the perfect car- um, couple. And Clark Which is takes a trigger word personally. for Clark. Yeah. Perfect couple. He freaks out at Jimmy. <laughs> takes it very personally for some reason. What if I tried um, to make those baseball games? I was just busy. Whoa, what right. are you talking about, yes. man? <laughs> um, cut to we see them being the perfect couple with this, like... It feels like 1950s newsreel type videotape of them like at home. And it, the announcer is very like Tim and Amber Lake, the happiest couple in all of Metropolis. Look at their beautiful mansion. And like that kind of like high pitched weird voice. It was like lifestyles of the rich and famous. Yeah, that type of deal. But truly, yeah. the announcer is such a like news from the world, you know, news from the, from the front. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the allies of the axis. Stay tuned. But it's just this 90s videotape that Lois and Clark are watching back at Clark's place. Um, talking really about like, like the well, they don't them. seem to be criminals. I do too. Yeah, this is this is a great Lois and Clark scene, especially playing on the glasses thing. So they're, they're leaning into the absurdity of it, and I thought it was really cute. There's a couple nice moments with glasses stuff this season, but this is this is the first one where she's like, they don't seem like an evil couple, but what do I know? These glasses fooled me for two years, and she pops them on, and he gets to do the like, where's Lois Lane? I I thought she was here a second ago. Mm-hmm. Like it's very. I enjoy it very much. It's also them like kind of talking about both having nightmares. Are you okay? Um, and he re- he relaxes her with kisses, and like you know, it's it's the it's relationship, good. the romance of it is nice here. I till, like this phase of the relationship. It's, it's yeah, me too. It lasts for three episodes. No, excuse <laughs> oh, me, two episodes. But by the way, we we have we have Clark in his, in his cutoff t shirt. Oh, if this always. Run, if this were on the CW, like if this was Smallville, Clark be walking around without a shirt on. Like yes. you know, Oliver Queen, Clark Kent on these shows. But it's like the 90s, and it's like, you know, Sunday night, so we get cut Dean's off T-shirts shirt off. as far as we're going to go. That'd be another now. counter. Like, we get Dean's shirt <laughs> off enough on this show. But for whatever reason, whenever, like, Clark is at home lounging, it's often, like, boxer shorts and this cut-off dark T-shirt. It's just such a 90s look. Yeah, till they get like, married and they have robes, but... <laughs> Uh, anyway, none of this matters. Adults, Matt. Yes, yeah, so it's for the established. Uh, none of this matters because Zach. Uh oh, drone attack. Drone attack. Yeah. <laughs> this 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 remote control helicopter comes in with a laser pointer on the front of it. Comes in. Um, I love too uh. that this is the act out, and it's just like a f- a freeze frame and fade yeah, on the like, laser hitting Lois's forehead. Did you guys run out of? time on the episode did you need to stretch it or they couldn't steady so? that laser long enough so it's just like all right oh, we're gonna freeze that's totally what it is Matt, because, you know these remote control helicopters are hard to pilot right? yes so. yeah it's difficult um i love the uh, the minute we come back from the commercial <laughs> didn't have to mention um clark instantly in front of her covers her this laser starts pointing or you know shooting through the window that doesn't break by the way maybe oh, those are open air suddenly that. Yeah. Um, but he's torching up the apartment and then Clark lasers it and deals with it. But the, the lakes are really committed to making it feel like bad brain Johnson's doing all this. Cause the laser like carves his symbol into the wall, which screws up the Superman suits on the other side of the hidden compartment. That's, you know, that's precision day. work for that. Kind yeah. Hey, um, so, but, but so tough day for hidden compartments here in Metropolis. Yeah. He has multiple Superman suits. Yes. I guess? Yes. Okay. Because I know that was a, the, the episode with Raquel before. Welch. They they find the, the <laughs> closet behind the closet. Yes. 
But is that the same? I bet it's different here, isn't it? Like it's no, not... that's the same closet. They, they, oh, it's the same place. deal. They're I... only building that once. Yeah. Actually, okay, that may, it would be harder for them to change it. That's why. They... Yes, <laughs> I see. This is the <laughs> same closet. By low budget. I like. I it. think it's triggered by maybe a, a bottle of wine on the wine rack or something like that. Mm-hmm. I forget exactly. Um, but yeah, and then they happen to, I love the fact that they happen to move to a brownstone in season four and that also has a secret compartment. So it's like, oh, great. <laughs> this, is, this is perfect for us. Um, but yeah, we find out that uh, all the suits are damaged and Lois thought that they were indestructible mm-hmm. before. But only then we when get, I wear them. Only when I wear them because of the aura that comes off of me for, you know, millimeters, which yeah. Zach, is that, you and I know things and I don't know that I've ever seen that discussed in the comics. I only know that from Lois and Clark. You know, I learned a lot about Superman through message board, the Krypton site, message sure. boards. Krypton site still exists. Shout out to our friend Craig Byrne. Yes, which would and have I been rem- poisoned by Lois and Clark, though, too. <laughs> and I remember all these discussions about Clark's powers and everyone would reference Lois and Clark. <laughs> and there I know you somebody go. That's what I'm like, saying. Well, you know, the millimeter of is, uh, you know, yes. <laughs> like that's why, that's why the, that Superman costume has to be skin tight. I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. I feel like that's something that might've been introduced in the John Byrne reboot, Man of Steel. Oh, maybe. Um, I have bought that. I've not read it because I'm a bad fan, I guess, but I, I own those, <laughs> I own those issues. Cause I'm like, this is historically important. I should yes. own it. And I've yet to read it. Um, I read up to the Batman issues, which is like issue five. So I didn't read too much into it, but yeah. Gotcha. I feel like that's something might've been established there. It still doesn't explain the Cape. Very possible, <laughs> but no, whatever. but I will say the Cape is the first thing to get tattered on him. So maybe, mm-hmm. maybe that's yeah. the move. But isn't the cape his blanket from Krypton? Shouldn't it be indestructible? Anyway, we, we move no, on. No, because Martha get as we find out in this next scene in Smallville, Martha gets all this fabric on special. I love so, that. And he gave her I that side too. eye. It's <laughs> like, this is my costume, Mom. <laughs> so cute. Important. Uh, okay, uh, let's talk for a minute about Superman's hair. Um, yes. Why did he not look this way all the time? Because I have, I mean, the hair. Oh, boy. Here we go. This is the end of a podcast relationship. Yep. <laughs> as, as, as the show progresses, they like Dean Kane's hair gets like shorter and more slicked back. And I don't yes. understand. Like I like some volume, my, my own hair and on Superman's hair, you know? Like, <laughs> so when he's here at home with the costume with the Clark Kent hair, I guess, mm-hmm. it looks great, right? Like I'm like, why isn't he do so that and do the weird slick back you know, shave thing for Clark Kent. And that's what I would have preferred. And I like it. And it really clicked for me when I saw it, because this might've been, I don't know, you know, the show more than me, obviously this might be the rare times we see this combination of costume and hair. Yes. And I'm like, that's so good. How could you look at that and be like, Oh yeah, mess up his hair, make it all slick back and weird looking. So that's, that's my take on the hair. I get it. I I understand why they don't want, let's, let's be honest. Like this is a more natural hairstyle that he wears as Clark, Mm -hmm. obviously. So I totally understand why they don't want the lead of their romantic comedy series to have that very, very, almost like it looks like he's on stage when he's Superman. Like it is so slick back. It is so perfect. It's so matted down. I can't imagine the amounts of product that are in his hair just to get it to, to hold so, so perfectly like that. Cause you never in the show, like you never see it messed up ever Move. when he's Superman. That's <laughs> it, yeah, it's like a helmet. Yeah. Um, but this is just the difference aesthetically between you and me. Like I, I love the Superman look in the show. I love okay. the, I love the suit for whatever reason. I know it's hokey. I know the S is too big and bubbly, but I just like I, I no complaints. That said, 
I love the fact that this is the episode where he's at home, mom's repairing the uniforms, and he just gets to be regular-haired Clark sitting down and getting his bib mm-hmm. tucked in by Martha, and, you know, that type of Lois thing. Lois is there for all this, showing the mm-hmm. progression of how everything has gone. So, And again, whenever we talk about Superman costumes or hair or glasses, look, I'm the Smallville guy. I have yeah, no, you have no leg to stand. <laughs> I have no room to stand on. So. I don't think we ever talked about this, but I, I had a stupid little blog back in college because that's what college kids do. And when the Superman, or excuse me, the Smallville um, finale aired and they didn't put him in the suit. I remember writing a post of like, and how can you not put him in the suit? Like, look at this. And then I posted a picture of Dean. I'm like, if Dean Kane can do it, like it's Tom Welling. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, you don't want to be typecast for a character you play for 10 years. Right. <laughs> I'll never understand that. I'll never Cause it's really that. held back his career. Son. Yeah. Um, he never would have got that part on Lucifer. If you put on the costume, right. we both know that. <laughs> Um, let's talk about the Kents here because I, I love them. I love a, that we talked about like Martha making the suit. It, she gets the fabric on special. She didn't want to tell him. I love, um, Jonathan's got a great line of like, well, once Barnacle Bill got out of jail, it's like bad brain Johnson. Can't keep up. It's so, it's so cute. Um, and Martha dropping. The kids are both alive. I mean, what a shocking development, right? Again, this is inspired by the, the post-crisis John Byrne reboot. Uh, where I believe they were both alive in that. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I say that like I. I mean, they're they're alive I when he. It, but. They're alive when he dies. You know, they're alive in oh, the death of. Course. Of, of course, yes, you know? of course. So I mean, I I, I I I mean, as much as I love Superman the movie, my favorite superhero movie and all that. Um, it established this precedent where like we must kill Jonathan Kent right. about every single version. They're, I mean, that's why the early seasons of Smallville had that family vibe, but the, both the kids were alive, yes. and you know, there's 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 story to be mined there, where you know he has both of his parents, right? And mm-hmm. and this show highlights it. So good on Lois and Clark. So. It's also, and this is something you and I can discuss. Um, <laughs> I have my favorite Lex Luthor. I have my favorite Superman. I have my favorite Lois Lane. I have four favorite Kents, and like, mm. I there, it's two different worlds, obviously, but like. John Schneider, Annette O'Toole, Kay and Eddie over here. Like, they're both perfect. They both serve their shows as best as they possibly can. Like, I I just, I enjoy both. But obviously here we get to have a little more fun with them and, you know. Well, I think that's be huge because, I mean, uh, it's hard to even, everybody else gets like an incomplete grade for as little, I mean, right. as little as you should. Like, I love Glenn Ford when his two scenes. And Superman sure. the movie, right? But I mean, like, how do you Kevin Costner? No, that's fair. Great, Kevin Costner is the movie John Schneider. Great, mm-hmm. right? But I mean, like, you're you're there and you're gone. In these shows, you get to see the the relationship and all the different you know times he goes and calls him and visits him, and there's just something yeah. you know endearing about that. And Superman is about family, right? And that's his family. So I just I love seeing the Kinster out. Um, and you know, I, I only had the Kins for half of my show. Yes, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but half of your show was one less than. One season less than all of my show, so <laughs> I think you're still winning. Um, I love Martha being a total mom here and mentioning marriage, which she knows she's not supposed to. Yes, and yes. Putting total them, mom move. Yeah, putting them, uh, putting them to task on it. And I like them, too, like the different generation of it. Like, well, we're not talking about it, Mom. It's just like, oh, see, Martha, how times have changed. Like, we would have been gone crazy not to talk about it. And it's just... Mm-hmm. I don't know. You and I are both unmarried and probably call relatives or grandparents or whatever and get the same shit every once in a while. So it just felt very real for yet? a second. Well, working yeah. on it. 
Oh, my my friend just told me she's going to be a grandparent again. And I just went, that's so nice for her. <laughs> Kids are great. Yeah, about that. <laughs> um, we don't have time to dwell on it, though, because there's an earthquake in China. And uh, Superman has to run off. Did you catch the footage of Superman flying over China that they watch on the TV? That is stock footage, because I can tell by the cape, right? By the Thor... Danskin Superman suit Why? cape from season one. I understand they shot a lot of that back then, but you have, sh- haven't they shot more since they could uh-huh. use? <laughs> you have my same question of like, you don't have just stock him on green in the new suit that you like you used that other suit for two episodes, but this <laughs> is what you're comping in. It reminds me of, um, again, the Star Trek. That's what I bring to it, right? The, they have stock footage of the Enterprise in the original series. Yeah. And there are... I believe 12 shots period of the enterprise in the original series. Now they changed the colors of the planets and things like that. Right. But about about half of those shots were filmed in the original pilots were filmed and the enterprise has a different, different nacelles on the back. Right. So almost every single episode of star Trek has a continuity problem <laughs> because of that. Also, also the dish in the front of the enterprise way different shape and look in the pilot show. Than the than the than the model they used on the series proper. So, you know, it, it's kind of the it's the fun of the show to be like literally cutting between shots of the ship. It looking completely different. And um, the stock the stock footage game is always fun on on these older shows. So I feel you, bro. Now they do when we cut. Did, did you did you catch the Superman four reference when we cut back to uh, Riker and his wife in the car? Let's hold on to that because that's coming up uh, later on. The first thing always we have hold to- on to that. Yes. <laughs> First thing we have to do is the lakes, uh, excuse me, Mr. Lake, uh, number two, number one? Number one. Come number on. one. Sorry. <laughs> Austin Powers came out first, apparently. In Who my does number two work for? Yeah, exactly. Um, Riker is making a like false message using a recording of Superman talking about Bad Brain Johnson uh, on, a, on a reel-to-reel Though he has CDs in front of him. But did you see the cover <laughs> on the CDs? No, I, d- I did not. It is the wit and wisdom of Superman. Like, someone in this world has put together all these Superman speeches and public events and whatever, and they sell it as a compact disc collection. And that's the type of shit from shows that we watch that I just love. That is amazing. I, I, I guess I thought maybe he had gotten court recordings of Superman. Fair enough, because the real, the real, using? or something. Yeah, but that that's interesting. No, the Superman audiobooks as a historical figure that would totally be a thing. I, I love that. That's universe building right there. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it it made me so happy. Um, I also, of course, tracked down what the image of Superman was, and it's from a nineteen. 19- 40s uh, action comics number 48 I believe and it's just like that's so funny that maybe they only had the rights to use stuff from back in the day because they didn't have to pay artists for it you know like weird because the Superman march on the show always looks so odd Um, but the point is Riker's making his little tape uh, and they're gonna try to lure Lois with it Um, Lois, meet me behind the Daily Planet in the yeah, alleyway. exactly. But I'm glad it sounds like that, though, because it should. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Not like a re-record of Dean doing it right. correctly. Um, but back in Smallville, Lois is, Lois is doing reporter stuff as Superman's out uh, saving China. And uh, what does she get? What is the clue here? Um, oh, she's oh. looking at the... She's looking at a list 
of the board of trustees at Star Labs and uh, notices uh, the lakes are on there. The lakes are on there. Uh, so they, of course, would know about kryptonite. And all of a sudden she's on a phone. She's getting the first flight out of Smallville to Metropolis. Um, this is where we, as if we, there would be more than one flight from Smallville, from Smallville. to Metropolis. <laughs> From like um, a Lowell 4 County, PM one. If you're lucky, you know. Right? Is it, am I right? Is it Lowell County? I mean, I think it is in Smallville, but I, like the yeah, show, I don't know what I'll, it is. In I'll, Lowell, I'll, I'll count uh, that here. Let's not forget, you guys are in different states over here. We're, we're just a, a small town right outside the city, as it's described <laughs> in season seven. Yeah, no, so. you have to fly if you want to get to Smallville. Mm-hmm. Well, we can't um, do that on Smallville, my show. So no, you got to drive <laughs> six to three hours. Um, but Lois gets back to the Daily Planet nice and early. She gets out of her cab while meanwhile, across the street, we get a nice shot of the Janelli tires as, as the lakes are watching her and here, please tell us, Zach, what, what do they reference a movie? They do. They reference, they reference Superman for the quest for peace because they're like, Superman's still in China repairing the great wall. I'm like, Oh, look at you show. I, I don't know if that was intentional or just because the Great Wall of China is a thing people would know and they could say. Um, but as we all know, in Superman 4, he repairs it in seconds with his repair the Great Wall of China vision. Probably I was the most ridiculous gonna, power. <laughs> just going to bring this up. That, those movies, and I, I don't mean to you know invite you over and mock you, but um, it, they, they've got some weird interpretations of what Superman can do, which I say knowing that we're on a show that has a weird interpretation of the world in general. But um, yeah, he just kind of looks at it and it, it just like optical effects comes back together. Right. Well, first of all, we're about to see Superman phase through a force field on this show, but I digress. Uh, <laughs> I have comics precedent for this, but You're continue. Right. No, that's, not, that's absolutely right. No, I'm looking forward to discussing that in a minute, <laughs> but the idea was Superman four notoriously got its budget slashed like in half. Right. And, and so it's, it's very cheap and it's very unfortunate that that's the final adventure for Krista Reeves, Superman hashtag delete release the fury cut, which is the, <laughs> the guy who directed the original version. But <laughs> th- there's like 45 minutes of deleted scenes. A lot of them are on the DVD sets, but, but, but my point is when they wrote this scene from Superman four, cause he's fighting nuclear man around the world and it, it sounds right. way cooler on paper and storyboards than it ends up being <laughs> right. Um, nuclear land blows up these chunks of the Great Wall of China, so Superman was supposed to rebuild it with his super speed. You know, you're supposed to see a red streak and some bricks build back up, that kind of thing. Right. There was no budget. So what they did instead was they they must have determined this in post-production because they have they took footage of Superman looking at the crowd and waving, right? And they flip it, repeat it, zoom in on it so, <laughs> to make him look no like kidding. looking at the Great Wall. You see the Superman curl on the different side of his head. Yeah, go back, watch the tape. Amazing. Uh, and then they just insert these blue beams shooting out of his eyes, and then you see the Great Wall of China get rebuilt. And I had to think to myself, you know, they they got the 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 bricks repairing like you, and you got a blue beam of eye right. stuff. You could have just had a red streak. And a little zooming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But yeah, I, so I don't know what's more ridiculous, Matt, that or the cellophane s. I'm still on the fence about the made up. Oh, cellophane s hurts. So. Yeah, I. I, I only convenience. There's a couple weird ones in three too. I feel like, but it, you would know those movies better than I. I'm awaiting your commentaries this year on those to yes. maybe sit and rewatch them for the first time since I was a kid, since like season oh, two of Smallville. You know, buckle up. So, yeah, but yes, the the great. I I don't know if that was an intentional reference or not, but I'm going to take it as such. 
Fair enough. Um, meanwhile, at the Daily Planet, Doc- Dr. Klein comes over and Lois does some reporting stuff and gets him to admit that he told the Lakes at like a function or fundraiser for Star Labs that they had kryptonite. And that is kind of the nail in their coffin mm. that Lois needed. But just then she gets the doctored, Lois, it's Superman. Meet me in the Daily Planet alley. You know, like that... <laughs> Call. Wow, was, it, was that Dean Cain or William Shatner there, Matt? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, she gets her mixtape call, and uh, off off she goes to the, hey, Zach, to the Alley Watch Alley. Oh, now, there it is. For folks that have not listened to Always Hold On to Birds of Prey, you're $8 away from binging the entire series, so <laughs> get it done. But um, in that show, they go and use this alley on the... Uh, WB backlot in almost every episode and Zach and I have talked at length about this alley but this is the same place where Lois goes Superman lures her into a trap door but oh it's not Superman it's for right now Bad Brain Johnson yeah this threw me for a loop I was very confused because <laughs> I was like what he's yeah. dead <laughs> it's uh-huh. like, I just, did, does that machine work differently than I thought <laughs> you know and uh, apparently not, because it's it's Bad Brain Johnson, and he corners Lois. He has a camcorder, which yep. comes into play. Um, vaporizes her, makes a little uh, statement into the camera, two down, one to go, he's going to kill Superman, turns off the camera, and then he Mission Impossibles his face off, and it's really <laughs> Jonathan Frakes. And he's, 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 he's gained six inches in height and... 50 pounds in weight. About <laughs> 50 pounds, Franks. yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the morphing of this suit and apparently that mask is just just unreal. I, I have to think Jonathan Frakes is like, all right, Lois and Clark, I'll do your show, but I have to dress up as Superman, and that's their way of the suit. making that happen, right? <laughs> now, Jonathan Frakes, way back, you know, when he was uh, first getting into acting, he used to cosplay as Captain America. Uh, at, at public appearances what? for that character from Marvel Comics. Yeah, there, there's a couple of images of him as Captain America. Like, they're, like, black and white from a newspaper from a mall. Sure, in, like, but, like, meet, come yeah. meet Captain America Day, like that type of thing? Yeah, stuff wow. like that. Yeah, and so so he has a history of superhero costumes. And, uh, wow. So that, that's that's what I thought of. But, but yeah, because I had seen... I didn't remember exactly what happens in this episode. I was getting this one, like I said earlier, I was getting this one a little confused with the one where they kidnap the guy who's like a paraplegic and wants to steal Superman's body. Oh, um, that, yes. Um, we have a lot to, oh no. What the hell is the name of it? It's it, 302. Yeah. Okay. That one. And which, you know, considering events that happen in the real world and Superman related, it's kind of awkward now to be honest. But uh, anyway, oh, good point. Uh, yeah. But it, the, I, I was thinking like that one, and the, because it's another like rich person captures Superman and wants, you know, that kind of thing. Yes. So I, was, I wasn't sure exactly what happens in an episode or whatnot, but I was like, I don't, I've seen pictures of Jonathan Frakes in this costume, but how does, how does that happen? Like, you know, like John Shay's flying around with his Lex costume, you know, I was like, does yes. anybody want oh, to wear the it. Superman costume? Everyone but Tom Welling wants to wear a Superman costume, yeah. apparently. It's very frustrating, <laughs> but Jonathan Frakes can do it. You can do it, Tom Welling. Give me a break. Um, but they're, yeah, they, we have our maniacal laughter because their plan is coming into place here as he rips his mask off, right? Yes. And they send this videotape to the Daily Planet and everybody watches it and, and Superman comes in just in time for Jimmy to replay it and show Lois seemingly get obliterated and, and Dean to do it kind of unconvincing. No. And punch yeah, the TV. Was, um, <laughs> meanwhile, we get some great Cape Superman sulking action in this episode. Mm. This is the first shot. He goes to the alley and he's kind of like investigating it and he sits down with his hand, his hands in his 
face, you know, it reminded me of a certain shot from whatever happened to the man of tomorrow, the, the Alan Moore, uh, Mm. comic. Um, but it's just this beautiful image as it, as it pulls up. Um, but then just in time we see Lois wake up in her cell. Uh, the lakes have trapped her on basically like a platform stage (laughs) with an invisible fortress or force field and explain that they want Superman. So Lois, Lois is the bait. You're the honey, honey. Superman's the bee, which I liked Jeannie Francis's performance of that line. Wouldn't he be the bear? <laughs> Cause bees make honey. You see? Oh boy. <laughs> Maybe there's problems with this show. I don't know. Um, but yes. So not, not only is, uh, is commander Riker a skilled audio editor, he's a skilled video editor. Uh, yes. because Lois was not disintegrated. They just added some special effects and, <laughs> Other Although did they not look like they disintegrated? Did they teleport her there? I don't know. I don't know what they did. But yeah, they fooled okay. all of us, Matt. They fooled Superman. They, they fooled they us. Got us. They fooled yeah. us all. <laughs> Meanwhile, I liked this. Doctor Klein is waiting outside the Star Labs because the alarm's going off, and Superman gets there, and he's just like, "That's the only way I knew how to call, call you." Like, I just like that he's like, "Shit, I need to talk to Superman." Pull the fire alarm. Wait, you, you're telling me that when a loved one of Superman's died, he just quit? Because that's what I've been taught that heroes do, Matt. No, not Dean. I mean, Dean Cain doing it right, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah. I thought, you know, maybe he'll retire for eight years or maybe he'll go to another planet or sure, maybe he'll turn evil sure. and take over the Earth. That's what I no, think. No, he doesn't go to, to another do, planet but. until a doctor says there might be a chance that your world's real. <laughs> well, that's a six year chance I have to take. Yes, I'm so. just going to have to go for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, but yeah so, so my point is Superman's still on the job. After yep. losing the love of his life, and uh, he gets Distra- uh, getting some condolences. Here. Yeah, from the doctor. Yeah, uh, but sorry, I was cutting you off. But yes, exposition. Basically, Doctor Klein tells him it's the Lakes who are sitting at their in their home, just waiting for Superman to show up. They're like, "Uh, put the dots together already." I also love like Superman. Can I make you a drink? And he's instantly like throttling them. Like they are so like yeah. full villain here. And they bring him into the you know behind the secret doorway there In, to their into museum the, into the Beyond Belief Factor Fiction set. Do you ever try to capture <laughs> Superman? And they've got this. They explain it to him. You know, Lois is behind this force field. We see him like try to reach her, but they both get shocked. Uh, and they explain like. Both the stages are on top of however many pounds of TNT. And right. if he tries to escape, he dies. If he tries to fly away, he dies. If he breaks the force field, it, like it's it's a pretty good plan. I like uh, how he's even like, well, you get it. <laughs> it's yeah. a death trap. I do like how, you know, we're making fun of the, the platforms they're on, right? But it makes Superman kind of float. So it's like a subtle yes. use of his powers. So I, mm-hmm. I like it when they do that on the show. I do too. And I also like... Talk about the relationship stuff, and we're about to really hard. But like, mm-hmm. he really doesn't give it much thought. It's like, and obviously they he feels pretty hand tied. But like, it's either him or her right now, and he's choosing her. He's gonna go and okay. kind of submit himself and go into this cage, and we'll figure it out later. Um, but I really, I really do like that. I have questions about. They mentioned a feeding schedule, but like, you don't want to give them a bed or like. I don't know, a bath, we'll a toilet there. in the corner, this, you know, this like this one. is not a really is... well thought out plan. They're treating them better than the flash treats their villains in season one of the pipeline. Let me tell That's you. a fair <laughs> point. Aren't there still people in the pipe? I don't know. I don't, who knows? Yeah. Um, meanwhile, at the daily planet, Jimmy and Perry are, are down in the dumps, obviously, because Lois is gone and that's, that's a huge deal. And no one's heard from Clark. They, they, 
the lakes seem to think that they killed, they killed Clark, Clark with the drone, though it hasn't been reported yet. It's just like Clark I, is missing. I, I do like what they said. Like, is there any news came out about the Clark Kent's death? No, that earthquake in China was a bigger deal. I'm like, all yeah. right. I feel like that. So many times on this show in particular, just because uh-huh. Clark, and it's one thing when there's Clark Kent on Smallville and he like has to lie about some stuff, right? Sure. And, but like, and he did, but like when there is a Clark Kent and a Superman, and people are supposed to think you're two different people, the amount of times on this show <laughs> where like Clark. And Superman are both gone at the same time or whatever. Or, like, Clark runs out the door and Superman flies in the other door, like, time after time after time. It's so Oh, my God, the obvious, episode before like, this, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's like, you know what? This one, they actually, like, I think the people who were trying to kill him thought he was dead and this and that. And, and so, anyway, my point is that question wasn't slapping in the, me in the face in this episode like it has in so many others. Yes. So, there you really go. Really solid storytelling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um... But they get a they get a delivery. Uh, Perry gets a delivery with bad boy, bad boy, bad brain Johnson's calling card, a shredded Superman suit, which was the Jonathan Frakes Superman suit, apparently, and yeah. a piece of kryptonite. So they know mm-hmm. or they're inferring at least that Superman as, is dead. As Jimmy Olsen says, Superman is dead. Yes. Thank you, Jimmy. Um, <laughs> I do like the gravity that Lane Smith is playing in this scene. Like he he's. He's doing it right. I love um, Lane Smith. I don't. I never get to talk about him, right? But he's yeah. my favorite Perry White. So. Not Michael McKean? I, I mean, I love Michael McKean, but he's like in two and a half episodes. Yeah. And he dates Martha Kitten, one of them, just because he's just married cause. to Neto Tool in real life, right? And it's like, eh. Yeah. Eh. Um, I am just going to say this. We Superman and Lois are in their cells. They're alone. She's thinking about the little things and how stupid it is that it kept them apart. And they're basically kind of like talking through the baggage that they had in their dreams and that they have to stop hiding stuff from each other. And dude, I love it. It completely works for me. How did you feel about the the lovey-dovey stuff in this scene here? This episode was pretty mediocre to me at this mm-hmm. point. And I was like, hmm... But then this scene happened. I was like, you know what? This is great. <laughs> like this awesome. really like lifted this episode up because this is true to these characters. I like how they're talking about like all these things that, that are weighing on them. And and uh, and she's like, you chose this instead of, you know, freedom. And he's like, a lot, you know, that wouldn't be a life without you and, the, and all this stuff. So I this is a plus Lowe's and Clark stuff like the yep. characters and also the show. So when the show leans into its strengths, it's really strong. And there's some great emotional stuff here between these two characters. I agree. I- I love especially the line um, Lois is like, you know, ever since we met, well, ever since I took the time to listen, something about you has always made sense. But I'm like, yes, yes. you know what? You're not. Thank we you. all knew you were in love, but you didn't know that for the longest time, Lois Lane. I and like also, that they reference I, that. I like that so many times in fiction, it's like, yeah. from the first moment I saw you. I'm like, that, no, that's right. not. No, that's not from the first moment you saw me. I like how she corrects herself. So some self-awareness. Thank you very much, Joe. I appreciate it. Yep. And and basically they put this. St- I also like the like, you don't want to be Superman, do you? No, and you don't think of me as a hood ornament. I don't even own a car. It's just it's <laughs> it's hokey. I talked about this in the last episode. Like, they get to some hokey dialogue here, but then sometimes when I'm with my girlfriend and we have to have like big discussions, I hear hokey dialogue come out of both of us, and I'm like, mm. sometimes this is just how people talk. Like, it's just the most straightforward way 
to say I love you. And it's it, anyway, it works for me. Um, but uh, later on, this is the other like beautiful shot of Superman sitting there with the cape like outstretched behind him impossibly. You like the long cape, don't you? I've heard I you love about a long before. cape. Okay. I, Do you not like a long cape? I, you know, when he treats it like Batman's cape, it's a little too much. Like when he, he literally wraps himself in this cape right in this now, episode, but... right? And I'm like, uh, you know, I, Christopher Reeve's cape might be a little short. So yeah. I, I don't know what the perfect Superman cape is. Um, it's like, well, I know the Kingdom Come Superman suit that Brandon Routh wears is just the best costume of all time. Uh, but That's a great I, I th- costume. Yo, but, is it not a long cape? I think it is a long cape, so that's that's I'm yeah. gonna go with. That's my favorite Superman cape. So, uh, and the Superman Returns one is long, but it's like rubbery. It's like a fruit roll up, as I've always described it, and I and yes. I don't like it. I don't like but it's also and it's brown. It, and, uh, it's not down to the floor though. It's it's a it's a compromise between Reeve and Kane, basically. Yeah, yeah, but you're right though. The 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 long because look in the comic books the length of the capes for Batman and Superman and they're the big two that's why I talk about them but like, right. it's completely inconsistent it's like whatever looks prettiest at the time right right and so when you have this really long cape you can have these great shots like you have a couple of shots in this episode where Superman's kind of sitting on the ground kneeling here he's in this cage or we call it a cage it's a clear box <laughs> you know? um, but you see this cape stretched up behind him he's like Lois is asleep right but he's obviously he's sitting up he's still thinking about you know ways he can escape obviously and it's it's, right. a, it's a very good shot the lighting is very dynamic there they're in shadow so it's a very cool looking shot and featuring the uh very royal superman cape which is so long and big so. right before he wakes Lois up and decides to tell her that I I've always thought that if I you know how I go super fast if I if I could isolate that power and vibrate, I might be able to pass through solid objects, which is the first version of this I was ever exposed to and then found out years later that, oh, this is The Flash. Yeah, this is The Flash. I don't even think The Flash, the 1990 show, did this at any point. They never got there. Maybe in season I don't two remember them yet. doing that, yeah. Uh, because yeah, because Harrison Wells wasn't there to teach Barry Allen that like right. he was on the 2014 <laughs> Flash, right? Because this is, this is a Flash power, right? And, you know, that's... Uh, in this universe, maybe there's no Flash. I don't know, right? I, I, it's fine. It works out in here, right? But I think in the in the overall DC universe, like I, I prefer if Superman himself can't do this. I agree. Because then it's like, what is the point of the Flash? <laughs> right. He can literally do everything you can. But hey, again, Christopher Reeve Superman can fly so fast he goes back in time. So who knows anymore? Right. <laughs> and and as of this episode, we've finally seen doctors at Star Labs. Like Tina McGee's not showing up, so I guess we might as well give this to Superman. <laughs> might as well. Um, I do love though. Like he he tries it, he does it. Lois is not about it, but decides to like take a chance on yeah, his he t- words he, he tests he tests it with his arm and yes. it's painful but he can do it right and, and and take a chance matt i love her they say that's what relationships are all about like, yes good stuff i love it don't. um but but she she like kind of goes along with it he wraps his cape like batman yes <laughs> and uh starts vibrating really quickly he gets through it like i kind of like almost like ghost effect on him with sparkly goodness. It was a goodness. unique effect. It, I, I didn't know what they were gonna, how they were going to visualize it, but I, I, I'm going with it. I, I like it. Yeah, it feels like when, when ghosts move on in the end of the movie. You know, like that type of thing where he's got like heaven bursts around him or whatever. But um, when he comes back too, he's flying, but obviously he's weak. And I love that it's Lois that is there with him. Like, no, no you can't, can't touch the ground, Clark. Like, go to the right. side. Keep going. Right. And she's... She's walking him through it. Um, and basically, they short out 
the electric field, but first they have to trip. She has to touch the force field so that the electricity can go to the right box and Superman can yeah, touch it. Yeah, he rips it off the breaker time. box so he can see the inside. Yeah, and, uh, and then he's I, like, I'm going to do this. She's like, are you faster than the electricity? He just kind of gives her some side eyes. She's like, okay, okay. 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 And, and this is the whole like, all right, I'm going to go on three. I'm not going to say three. I'm going to go on. It. I, I love that. <laughs> I do too. It's like, it's like one, two, three. <laughs> Even even in the face of danger, this is a life or death situation. You need to be very clear. This is not syncing up to record a podcast. This is like okay, (laughs) one, two, three. (laughs) Right, bad bad audio isn't going to get you through this, you know. (laughs) Um, But guess what? They do it, and Lois gets out of the trap just in time for the lakes to come in and utter that famous last line, "Uh oh," and off they go. Um, Mm -hmm. meanwhile, party time at the Daily Planet, Lois Lane's alive, Clark Kent's alive, we didn't even think he was dead, and they say (laughs) that Superman's fine too, so let's rip some newspapers right in front of the camera, and, uh, and have a little party. Everybody's got champagne, everyone's super happy. Welcome back, Lois and Clark banner in the background as well. Matt, do you think this was left over from, like, the season three premiere (laughs) party, and they just (laughs) decided to use it? I'll take that. I really that. hope that's what happened. I, I yeah. I why not? I've they're, seen... they're like taking it down. They're like, no, 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 no. Save that. We can use that in a future episode. <laughs> we'll use it. Save we'll use that. it. Props wants it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm into that. Uh, but the you know, Perry breaks everybody up. Um, they go back to work. I love Lois dumping her champagne into the dead potted plant Th- on her desk. I love that. That's a, that's a, I don't know why, but to me, it's such a Lois Lane thing to do. Oh, totally. <laughs> she got that plant once. She was into it for a week. It died. And here it's And she, she's in the middle of working. She has no time for this drink right now. She's no, she's an do, intrepid so. reporter. But Matt, um, but Matt, what about Perry and Alice? Did it, yes. did, was their marriage drama resolved? Was that a continuing no, plot? No, we'll see. That, that will be a continuing. Oh, boy. Sorry, Perry. <laughs> Um, but Clark goes back to his, his desk and pulls out the ring box and shows it to Jimmy. Gets mm-hmm. Jimmy's advice on dating for yeah. no apparent J- reason. 20 year old kid. What do you think of this? <laughs> yeah. Who couldn't hold on to Denise Richards for more than an episode. But yeah, Denise what's your Richards opinion? from the world uh, is not the enough. The world is All not enough. Bond girls. <laughs> <laughs> and Jimmy's line is there's no time like the right time. Proving that Clark shouldn't have asked him anything because that doesn't mean shit. Yeah, spoken like a true twenty-year-old who doesn't know anything about life. Or yeah, life. who doesn't who doesn't like the responsibility of this question all of a sudden? Um, <laughs> but fade out on the welcome back, Lois and Clark banner, as you mm-hmm. said, and they all is right. Spend a lot right of money on that banner. It's going to get some. Yeah, exactly. It's going to get some we're, screen time. We're going to play that banner, um, and that it, that is it for episode three oh six of Lois and Clark. Truly, one of my favorites. Like when I'm not in a Lois and Clark mood for a while and I kind of want to put one on all of a sudden this is in probably the top six or so uh, rotation really? yeah wow okay I, I don't know why I think it's just kind of like I like where they are because they're dating and happy and trying to figure it out for all of two episodes on this show and this <laughs> is this is one of them because I mean spoilers a little bit but it's it's a couple episodes away from the you know Big things happening that then couldn't yes. happen, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. Yes, that maybe didn't happen, but also I'm try- it- you know I'm I, I have a very bad spoiler policy on my podcast. I'm trying to respect <laughs> you no, guys over I, here. Okay. So. Here's the thing: when Ryan's not here, we can spoil the shit out of everything. In the end of the okay. next episode, she proposes to him, and they're engaged. Oh, is that how it went down? That is how short this like dating courtship goes. Yeah. 
Can I, can I, can I speak for a minute about the engagement stuff for the, oh, between please. the two of them? I like you listening to the podcast. Uh, I, I, I was just like you. I remembered the beginning of season three as the end of season two. Like, of course, as, the cliffhanger is yeah, is Who's Clark asking? or Superman. And then you wait the whole summer. I'm like, oh, my God, she knows. Instead of that weird f- freeze frame <laughs> that mm-hmm. they did at the end of season two. It's so strange. Um, and then she asked him. OK, so I have no memory of, of, of that of that one. But but I do remember, you know, clones and frogs and lex and things like that so i'm looking forward to that coming soon oh yeah well yeah you'll uh spoilers you'll be you'll join us again when john shay's in town so i can't wait john you need if you're a john shay i'm your guy you know (laughs) yep the biggest missed casting opportunity smallville never had was getting john shay at some point oh that would have been amazing he would have done it he should have been have i said this on microphone before maybe with you maybe not i don't remember you saying he should have been the old lex in lazarus season 10 (gasps) Oh, that would have been cool. Because they thought they were going to get Rosenbaum back. That's why they wrote that episode. Right. And then they did it. And why Lex looked different. Well, let's cast the guy who created Cyborg and shave his head and then make him look old, and that'll be old Lex. I'm like, come on, guys. Who will be a Kryptonian in a couple years (laughs) in Man of Steel. He blew up Krypton's moon. Oh, my God. He's Jack Sor? Yes. This is is me not knowing Man of Steel very well, but that's amazing. I, I... I know he is Jack, sir. I don't know if they refer to him by name or not, but he is credited as Jack, Jack sir. So that's fantastic. So. Lois and Clark, the new adventures of Superman will continue in a moment. Hmm. Do you ever wound up the pet of two rich people? Do you ever have a toothache? Do you ever visit the Chinatown section of a major city? You ever rode a unicycle? Would you use this as a decoration? How long have you gone without brushing your teeth? <laughs> That's good, too. True, like, have you ever seen an episode of that show? Oh, like, I used to watch that show the all the time. Really? Okay. I was like, it's Commander Riker. Like, I got a, this is amazing. This, that, that was post-TNG, so I'm like, oh, it's Jonathan Frakes. And uh, I, I love those kind of shows anyway, right? Because it's like this. Yeah. I wouldn't, it's not like reality show Twilight Zone, but it's similar. It's like these little short stories and. And and in the and in the Lois and Clark uh, vein, it's like Ripley's Believe It or Not with Dean it's King. It's like Ripley's, Just, yeah. <laughs> so. Speaking of questions, Zach, can I ask you a couple questions? Let's do it. Um, super saves. What were the big super saves of this episode? Like, well, he didn't save he Lois. Them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a big super not save. <laughs> yeah. Let's Bad think. Johnson. Um, oh, he saves. He saves. What? What was it? Was it an earthquake in China? Like. He saves oh. a foreign country. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, he, yeah, I China. Mean, he, he rebuilt the. He saved the Great Wall. I mean, yeah, God he, bless he him. Clean, he cleans up over there. Um, yeah. And is there anything else that directly, other than saving themselves? I don't think so. He shows up at Star Labs. That was a false alarm. So right, and he saved her as Clark, kind of from the Bad Brain Johnson helicopter drone. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the, not. Uh, some off-screen giant super saves, but not too much in the episode itself. Mm-hmm. Um, was this made in the 90s? Well, Jonathan Frakes and Jeannie Francis are here, so I'm going to go with yes. <laughs> well, also the the uh, James Bond commercial. Or yeah. Dream. Commercial. Yeah. <laughs> dream. Commercial. <laughs> uh, but then you could also say it was made in the 50s because of Kyle <laughs> Lucy. Dragnet so and Lucy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> A hundred percent. Nick at night was uh, on this. Okay. <laughs> That's what we're going. Yes. To uh, someone read a book this week. I'm going to give it to them in that he has a flash power this week. 
Yes. It wasn't like a thing that John Wesley Shipp did, like we talked about. Grant Gustin wasn't a thing. He was a twinkle in someone's eye. Like, th- this feels like it's from someone reading a comic. I-, I feel like this, I'm sure Superman did this at some point, right? In the 50s or 60s when he Probably, could do anything, right? right? When he could, like, listen hard and kill you, yeah. Right. Or, or maybe someone just, I was gonna, you're right, I was going to say maybe someone just watched the Flash show, but they didn't do that in the 90s Flash show. But they didn't so do, they didn't it. do it. Um. I feel a song coming on. Well, the title does like don't tug on Superman's cape. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, the Jim Croce. I love Jim Croce. Uh, he's actually one of my favorite uh, musicians and uh, folk yeah. uh, time in a bottle and lots of classics. And that's where bad by Leroy Brown. Don't tug on Superman's cape. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I guess there wasn't in, in the traditional sense. You, you, you could have like when he was sitting there after Lois died, like in the alley or quote unquote died in the alley, you could have had like a, if it were Smallville, it would start raining and they'd play a oh, 100%. pop song or something, right? They didn't even do a fake funeral, Lifehouse right? or Evanescence totally would come missed, on. and Yeah. Totally missed opportunity. That's not what they were going for with this zany episode, though. So. If they had time, though, how fun would it have been to see black armbands for Superman? You know, oh, like man. that would have been great. A nice nod to the, the storyline that they caused. Um how are they not together yet? I mean, like, that's just... That's, they I mean, are. He's, he's looking kind of at, at an engaged ring across yeah, it's, the desk it's, from her, yeah. It's going to happen. Super casting, we've mentioned it. Right. Um, all right, and this is these are questions for you now, Zach. Um, best Lois and Clark moment and or scene? Oh, I think definitely at the end, uh, where they're having a heart-to-heart mm-hmm. and they're in the two uh, cages if you will. Yeah. Uh, lots of good yeah. character stuff that like we were talking about, like that, that's what I'm like, that, that's what, like, you know what? This episode was kind of whatever for a lot of things for me, but I think they, <laughs> as this show always does with them, brings it home with the two of them. So I, and I also liked when they're out at Star Labs and, uh, and she calls him Clark. He's like, you know, it's Superman in public. Like that's a nice I'm little moment because that's this, that's this phase of the show, right? Where she's still getting used to it. So yes. there's like a couple, a couple of good strong Lois and Clark moments. I thought, Hundred um, percent. I th- yours is the correct answer, but just to <laughs> say something else, I like her, um, her and him hanging out at Clark's apartment and her trying on the glasses of just like you know, well the lakes oh, seem yes. like good people, but what do I know? These glasses fooled me for two years, and like that, you know, that's cute. We too. don't get to deal with that much. It's good to have lots um, to choose from. So this was very strong in that category. So uh, best, or excuse me, was this a good episode for our big three, Lois Clark? Superman. Oh yeah, very. Like we just said, we we, we rattle off three off the top of our head. Great moments they all had together. So I, I yeah. think this is great. It was a really about their uh, bond and relationship. So I, I think definitely slammed out. I totally agree. Like maybe there could have been another super save on camera, but he got to be Superman a lot. I'm yeah. I'm gonna say this episode is a triple threat. <laughs> and um, Zach, on your show, you do the letter grade scale. Over here, we rate on a scale of 1 to 10. So what would you give Don't Tug on Superman's Cape? And uh, a show where everything's made up and the points don't matter. <laughs> thank like you, Drew. So yeah. <laughs> or wait, yes. ready now. But, uh, right. you know, is, is there a curve to this? I guess I would say, like, sure. um... I mean, <laughs> I think everyone listening to my ratings would probably definitely say there's a curve to this. I'll say... Seven out of ten. Okay. On, on the strength of all these great Lois Clark Superman moments we're talking about, because as much as I love yeah. 
much as I love Jonathan Frakes and his real life wife, Jeannie Francis, right? Just, just it's the Batman sixty six of it all that kind of like this doesn't this is not what is this this is I, I like season one and this is not that so this is <laughs> so to, so that it's really right cheesy. where everything was grounded and there were magic boxes and love potions no you're yeah. totally right. the grounded Chris Nolan s season one of Lowe's and Clark yes, that we're on exactly. here for um, but yes so so they they were your mileage will vary with them right uh, Fair. but they it was fun to see them having fun. And the heart of the show was strong with the with you know Superman Lois and Clark we were talking about. So so that so that on the strength of that, I give it a seven out of ten. Um I then I should absolutely say grade with the curve, because I'm gonna say a nine. The only thing that kills me are these goddamn fantasies. Like, why are we doing dragnet for three minutes in here? Yeah. Um <laughs> everything else, judging by this show and what they are able to achieve on their weekly basis and budget. Knocks it out of the park for me. So I'm, um, I, again, one of my favorite like lovey dovey episodes for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but dude, thank you so much for joining. Uh, do you mind sticking around for a second while I do some updates for everybody? Absolutely. I'm always cool. around. So we're coming to you from the future right now. The future. Yes. And I've got some news that is good news and bad news. And it's all the same news. So here's the news. I hope everybody enjoyed this episode that, we just did together, Zach, um, because that is going to be the format of the show going forward, uh, which is to say my loving co-host, Ryan Albertson, will not be returning for this foreseeable future on Lois and Clark. Um, we didn't know this when we started a few episodes ago, but life took over. And for people that aren't obsessed with talking about Superman or Superman in general or Lois and Clark, this is a big commitment. Like there are more important things in life than podcasts. And Ryan has to go deal with some of those. That being said, like the train has left the station. I am back on board. Uh, I am going to, I had always said that I would wait and do episode by episode coverage again uh, with Ryan when he wanted to return. He has, you know, abdicated that throne. Um, so the show is mine now and I will keep going. Um, I am coming to you from the future right now. I've already recorded a lot of season three. Um, I've got a whole list of guests coming uh, after this. Oh, um, man. I thought I was my understanding. I was going to be your ghost moving forward. Is oh, that I'm not so what we're announcing? S- I was sorry. No, <laughs> no, it is. It's you just seem so busy. You just <laughs> seem so busy. This is not going to turn to always hold on to Lois and Clark, right? You have this no. ground covered brain. No, well, but so. like to your benefit, when I told you this was happening, I'm like, so I'm just going to steal your format. Cool. And you're yeah. like, yeah, perfect. So uh, thank you. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a mixture of like people that love the show. You know, um, in this next episode uh, is Ultra Woman. We've got Christine Bartolucci, who you know her love for the show. Um, she's coming back. The episode after that, season one editor and my ex-girlfriend Carolina Martinez is returning to watch an episode with me. It was such a fun record. So like, I'm going to try to keep that energy of people that are both familiar with the show and know it like the back of their hand and people that don't kind of like Ryan um, to, to keep that energy going. I'm also going to be doing some bonus episodes looking at different avenues of fandom. Um, So I'm already talking to uh, someone who has cosplayed as Dean Cain's, uh, Superman. Um, I'm talking to someone who is uh, um, a collector of props, specifically from Lois and Clark. But 
folks that are listening to this, if you interact with Lois and Clark in a different way, if you are a fanfic writer, if um, we're going to hear from Lori Collins, uh, she's going to join for an episode, but she's been hosting these watch along parties, which is amazing. Um, so like if you know of someone or if you have experiences with the show um, and interact with it in a particular way, please reach out. Uh, I would love to hear from you and maybe we can do a bonus episode and talk about how you interact with the show. But the point is we're continuing on. Season three is going to be great. I, I've had such a great time uh, recording in this like current format already. Uh, and I'm just so excited for more and uh, excited and very thankful to guests like you, Zach, for coming along and uh, and helping out with the heavy lifting here. Absolutely, man. It's been a journey. So uh, Yeah. Oh, I, I, absolutely. You will finish Lois and Clark before I finish Isn't that amazing? Smallville. <laughs> well, we, we, yeah. we didn't know for a while. but <laughs> It was touch and go for a second. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's safe um, to say now with this new approach, uh, you will finish before I do. So Yes. Yeah. Um, and we're going to continue on uh, every two weeks uh, with new episodes, um, just because I don't want there to be a big gap or miss an episode. But um, uh, at a certain point in season three, we'll go to uh, an episode a week, and I'll let you know when that's happening. Cranking um, it up, till cranking then, it up. Yep, but till then, like, this is the show, and you know me, and you know my excitement for it, and you know what I love and don't love about the show. So, like, expect more of that. So um, thank you, everyone, for... For sticking around. Thank you to everyone who's been emailing lately since we came back. Special shout out to Matt Nelson uh, and Daniela Rod, who sent just lovely emails. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with me that way, it is loisandclarked at gmail.com. Uh, and of course, we're on social and whatnot. Um, Zach, where can folks find you online? Where can folks not find me online? Because, <laughs> yes, I, I do way too many podcasts as it is. So, uh, always on the Smallville, right? That's the big one. I've heard uh, of it, yeah. yeah. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at that. You can find us on Twitter at Always Smallville with one S. Uh, also do Franchise Fatigue, which is a show on the United Federation podcast where me and my friend Brandon Shea Matilla talk about movie franchises and reboots and sequels and, and when they get fatigued. And you can find us on Twitter at Franchise Fatigue. Uh, it's franchise you, you, without the R, franchise fatigue. So Sorry, I, I, you've got like a million more podcasts to plug, but really quickly. <laughs> you, uh, the last thing I listened to on that was the whole Ocean's 11, Ocean's 8 run, and right. absolutely loved it. What are you guys on now? We are uh, doing RoboCop right now. Oh, okay. So the, the original trilogy and the reboot. Uh, and nice. Then we're going, yeah, then we're going to move on to uh, King Kong uh, to, to kind of tie into the recent Godzilla versus Cog. Uh, and uh, so, so, yeah, we got pretty much the rest of the year all <laughs> figured out. that That's a, a, a bi-weekly, uh, every other week podcast. Uh, Just like us so, right now. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So so there's a little more time for that. And then and th- those are really my, my, my main two podcasts. And then, of course, I do a lot of stuff around the Patreon, which, which you have been a big contributor to. Been. So thank you, sir. Uh, oh, so it, my pleasure. If you love old superhero tv shows right <laughs> and if you're a fan of lois and clark over here check us out over there we talk about birds of prey uh, matt and i did that last year the year of birds of prey uh we're in the year of wonder woman right now so me and lauren Wynn, who's been a guest on lois and clark and will be again uh we're, we're we'll, uh, we'll be coming out the season three yeah we're going through uh the linda carter wonder woman not like not not a methodical episode by episode thing but more of a like two or three at such, a time and such a smart idea to just kind of clump it together yeah, like that yeah i love that show but it yeah it's, it's so yeah. It's one that neither of us are, have have been really familiar with. So it's it's a journey mm-hmm. of discovery over there. 
Uh, and then you and I are doing something very near and dear to my heart, always on to The Flash over on our Patreon. And uh, that's a monthly uh, podcast, and we uh, we do go episode by episode over there. Uh, but, hey, it's yeah. another, another one season. For the next wonder. two years. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but we're, we're spreading out a little bit. Unlike Birds of Prey, they, did, they got a full season order, so it's going to take us uh, two years. And to you'll be it, rubbing so. it in for two years now. Yeah. Yes, thank you. <laughs> oh, no, that's not what I meant. <laughs> oh, no, it was great. Um, anyway, seriously, dude, like can't can't thank you and and future guests of this podcast enough for for coming in and joining and to everybody listening so please check out zach uh on on all the stuff he just mentioned and for lois and clark i'm matt truex i'm zach moore folk off everybody see you next time (laughs) 